This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids. And my hope is that you leave each week feeling encouraged. This week, I'm talking with my friend, Lisa Graff. This is the first in-person interview we've done for this show. Lisa is a writer, a speaker, a podcast host, and she has a big passion for helping women show up without apology and rediscovering their true identities. Okay, Lisa started a really awesome community online a few years ago called I Am Mother of the Year, which equips and encourages moms through her weekly podcast blog and the community. Their Facebook group has over 4,000 members in it. You can check that out. And in this conversation, Lisa and I talk about some of our personal everyday struggles as parents, unmet expectations as mothers, not comparing ourselves to the super moms out there, and finding our identities outside of being parents, and so much more. If you are loving this podcast, if you've loved any of these episodes, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen and make sure you share it with your friends, any of your friends who are parents who you think might benefit from these conversations. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Lisa Graft. All right, we're doing an in-person interview today for Why Is Everyone Yelling? Today I have my friend Lisa Graft on the show. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, we have to tell everybody how we met because I think it's a fun story. Yes. My husband, best friends with you growing up. Growing up, all through high school. Yeah. Lisa's husband, Ryan, and I were best friends. And so I remember when the first time I met you and we went to dinner. I think you guys came to our house one time. Yeah. And I just, I just really liked you and I was so happy for her. And I remember thinking, she's just so pretty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, same. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we don't live super close, but we live sort of close and we've been following along with what one another are doing in our careers and motherhood and things like that. So it's fun to finally come together and record. Yes, it is. And I'm, I remember the last time I saw you was right outside your house. You handed me, I think, a little cup of beer. <laughs> At the uh, at the Indian Monumental Half Marathon. And so I will always remember that. We're like, let's take a picture. And I'm like, yes. And I was so frozen. I was like, I don't even know if I'm smiling or if I'm just like, <laughs> my face is stuck like this. But it was good. It that was good. is funny. I totally forgot about that. Sadly, it was not 2020 because everything was canceled. But that that's crazy. That was so long ago. It was 2019. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. One of my favorite things to do when I'm not running the Monumental Marathon, our house is set up on the half marathon course, which I'm sometimes sad it's not on the full course. Yeah. Because I want to see everybody. Mm -hmm. But more people do the half. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we set up a PBR stop because <laughs> we're cool like that. <laughs> totally. And I don't even think I, I think you flagged me. I didn't realize you were there. Mm -hmm. And that's always the most fun when you unexpectedly see someone yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. 
getting yeah. through mile nine chugging beer. Shoo. Yep. That's what I did. <laughs> Nailed it. So Lisa, I wanted to bring you on the show because you have done so much for the community with your business adventure. I don't know what you want to call it. Mother <laughs> yes. of the year. But share with us like a little bit about your history with work and your passion for mother of the year and wanting to get into this entrepreneurship lifestyle. Yeah, I um I've always been a storyteller. And so that's where it has always started for me from grade school probably, like just loving capturing people's attention with some kind of crazy story. And then that really led into um theater, which led into my career in radio. And so I'd been in radio for 12 years and um really found that that was a great place to talk to women. And, um, in that journey myself, then I became a mother and I realized, oh my gosh, like motherhood is not what I expected it to be. Like, I thought I was created for this. Like our bodies are like, everything is designed for me to be a mother. Like it should come really easily to me. And it didn't. And it just it was a letdown. <laughs> it was a letdown, you know? And so then like, then you can't say that because now you're a mother of a new baby and you're supposed to just love this baby more than anything. And I'm like, you are a stranger living in my house, demanding everything from me. And I yeah. don't even know you. Like, I don't even know you. I like, I love you because I made you and I birthed you and blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> I sh- go to sleep, you know, I don't know what you want from me, you know? And so it just kind of set up this, I don't know, trajectory of I don't know, dissatisfaction, maybe it, you know, it was unmet expectations. And, um, I think I expected a lot from myself that when I didn't produce, um, Mm. really started weighing down on like my worthiness to even have a child. Like, what was I thinking? Like, you know, who thought this was a good idea? Cause I'm, I was doing, I was doing fine, but not like I thought I should be doing. And then on the other side of the coin, I was like looking at all of my friends who had already had kids Mm -hmm. and I was watching them just be like, at least from the outside, from my perspective, super moms. And I'm like, oh yeah, see now that's a real mother. Now she's a real mom because she does X, Y, Z. She's a real mom because she stays home with her kids. I'm a working mom. My kids have gone to daycare Mm -hmm. from like Mm -hmm. five months old, full time, both of them. So I've got now Josie's six, Calvin's three and a half. And I'm like, oh yeah. You've never, you've never known what it's like to stay at home full time until, you know, the great shutdown of 2020, oh, yeah. which then it's like <laughs> all hell broke loose. Cause we're like, what the a four transition. Of us, yes. The four of us are sitting around looking at each other like, what? Well, we've never done this before. Yeah. So yeah. So it was just, it was all of this big process of just wrestling with who am I going to show up as in life in general, but then also in my motherhood. And so, um, one of the things that I saw right away was all of these super moms, although I was like, yes, that's good. I, I also watched them lose their identity. Mm-hmm. And so that just seems so obvious to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do they really want that? Um, and, and the more I now am immersed in this motherhood journey, it's so easy to do that you forget, like you don't even know a lot of times that it's happening to you until it's too late and you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't know my husband. I don't know my partner. I don't remember the last time I had a girl's night or saw my best friend or whatever, you know, COVID aside, but. Yeah. I have so many thoughts on all of that. Uh, first, 
when COVID started and we were home all the time and my husband was home all the time, I was like, see, see how hard this has been. Cause I, I have lived the be home with all kids life and I've worked the, chi- lived the childcare life too. Now I'm living it. Yeah. Um, and I felt so much like almost relief that he, I, w- I was just relieved that he was here with me and yeah. he could see even now, like, um, he's working from home all the time. I'm like, do you see the like ease I have now because I'm not waiting for you to get home from work and I'm not, you're not leaving at seven 30 and I'm getting everybody out the door on my own. So I always, it always feels funny to me because there was a lot of relief and like having him here. Yes. Whereas I feel like every, everybody, a lot of people have felt crazy because they're like, here, we're all here together now. What? Yes. You know? Well, yeah. And it's part relief. And then it's also part, see, I told you so. Exactly. So it's part like there's I'm a still sweet playing that relief. Card he's probably rolling his eyes. I know. Like, yes, I understand. This is hard. Yes, I, I see it. I see it. <laughs> um, but my question, my first question I, I thought of as you begin sharing your story a little bit was, when you said you brought your baby home and you felt like, who are you? And like, I'm supposed to take care of you because I feel like the second you have a baby, you have this vision that all these other mothers have their baby and they feel like instantly connected to their baby. Like I know you because you've been inside me for nine months. If you gave birth to your child biologically. Um, and it just, it's, that does not feel the case for a lot of people. And I think that that's where a lot of like postpartum depression and anxiety just hits you out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and that was my, that was one of my like biggest unmet expectations. And I really feel like that helped, not helped. It hurt me. It, um, but it started me in my motherhood journey at a deficit Mm. because Mm -hmm. I was in the hospital bed and I remember this moment and, oh, it's so painful to talk about because it sounds so shameful, Mm. but like, you know, you push and whatever, and they throw this baby on your chest and everything inside of you knows that you're supposed to lock eyes with this child Mm -hmm. and just have this moment. And I did not have the moment. And I thought I'm either going to pretend to have the moment because everyone's watching you. It's like you're at a wedding and everybody's watching the groom. He has to like, you have to see him see the bride. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and I, I was like, am I going to fake it? Or am I just going to be like, okay, you you can, you can clean her off now, you know? And I, I faked it. Mm. I was like, oh yeah. And I think I wiped a fake tear. Like (laughs) I just milked it all because I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. do. And inside automatically I was like, oh, you're not a real mom. Like I just pushed a (laughs) tiny human out of the size of a nostril. Okay. (laughs) I like, I have done the warrior woman mother thing, but no, I'm not a real mom because real moms look at their kids like that, you know? And I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And then you get home and, and you, you picture like people just lovingly like rocking their child before bed and in the middle of the night and just embracing the moment and you're so tired and I don't know about you but I was so terrified I was terrified of SIDS especially the first time with each baby my anxiety with that got so much less but I literally was just scared from the moment I woke up in the morning until I was able to fall asleep, which I had a really hard time doing. I mean, that was like one of my biggest struggles with um, all of my babies is this fixation on sleep and knowing that I probably wasn't going to sleep and having anxiety about sleeping and then not sleeping 
because I was anxious. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. I remember sitting at the dinner table, like very postpartum and crying every night, just so scared of the dark. Yeah. Scared of what the night was going to bring. Yes. Oh, it was so overwhelming. And I wouldn't even say that I got postpartum at that time with Josie, um, with my first, um, my postpartum with her didn't come until she was like almost a year old. And how, what's the age gap between your kids? They're three years. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's, she's six. She's, she's six, six, and he's almost and he's four. almost four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my postpartum with her didn't come until I realized she wasn't going away, and this is your life now. And so, what like what are you gonna do about it, kind of thing. And so that was a real like come to Jesus for me. Like, okay, are you going to become obsessed with your child? Mm-hmm. Are you going to become like? Now that she's not leaving, what does that actually look like? And in the middle of that, I had a job change and it was really stressful and sad. And, you know, I was grieving this like loss of relationships and Mm. this career in radio. And it was just, it was a lot going on at the same time. And I remember my sister was like, what's going on with you? You're depressed. You need to do something. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. I'm like, oh, wait, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm depressed. And that that day I signed up for a half marathon. Mm. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do because I needed something outside of the house, yes. outside of motherhood, outside of baby and work and everything to be mine, to create space, and then to create the rhythm of, like, I have four days of alone time every week if I take it. I'm going to train like that and I'm going to choose to do that. And that is going to be my time and space to sort through everything else that I need to sort through when I can't do it in the middle of the night when I'm nursing or got a sleeping baby or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I think one of, one of my biggest struggles with those feelings of like just wanting to get away sometimes was like, I felt so guilty feeling like that because I know so many people struggle with getting pregnant and having a family. And I'm like, I have everything I ever wanted right in, in front of me. And I'm like, I still want to like not get away from my family, but like, why do I want, why do I want so much alone time? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's just a rough reality. Like you go from yeah. just the two of you to it's never the two of you. Like, it's not like you can leave the house and leave a dog home. Like they come with you. <laughs> I know. I always say that even though it has gotten infinitely more complicated with each kid like with the fighting and like just having emotions to deal with at different ages you know like now my emotions are spanning from a two-year-old emotion to an eight-year-old emotions and the two in the middle but the going from zero to one was for sure the hardest emotionally physically just because all of a sudden it's like okay this this is my life now yeah, totally. And now I look back and I think, oh my gosh, it's so uncomplicated with one baby. Oh, but it's yeah. not no. when you have one baby. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And thank God, because yeah. <laughs> then you'd never have more than one. <laughs> um, but I also, um, nobody talks about this, so I want to make sure that we get to have this conversation too. I I had prepartum depression. Okay, like while you were pregnant? While I was pregnant with Calvin. Because sure. I remembered how rough it was, yeah. the newborn stage. I hate the newborn stage. Yeah. Like, I cannot stand it. And so... Which is funny because so many women, they're like, that's what I love the most because they don't do anything and you just right. hold them all day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I hate it. And I feel like every stage is better than the next stage. I'm not... A, it is so fun when I'm they not get a, big. I'm not a griever of the past stages. I'm like, that was cool. 
we learn a oh, lot or I whatever. Need, I need to get that and I need to get you to give me some of okay, that. Okay, I can I can do that. But I'm like, just here, this is the next the next phase is so fun. And then the next phase, I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. Or that was terrible. Let's go this way. You yeah. know? But with um when I was pregnant with Calvin, I really started like just being terrified of mm, like doing it again. I'm doing it again. And I'm there's nothing you can do about it. Like I am going to have this baby, you know, and it is going to be what it's going to be like, you know, which it was every newborn experience, I think is pretty similar Yeah. in the, unless you have colic or you have one of those insane babies that just happens just, to, Oh, just the coup. And Most of and, us are somewhere in the middle of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where both of my kids landed, but it's like, it was just so hard because you're showing you're adorable pregnant and mm-hmm. so everybody's walking up to you like ah! and you're like again you have a choice yeah are you going to fake it or are you gonna say yeah I'm really looking forward to when he turns one yeah <laughs> and they're like uh you know but like I remember saying this is funny I um I was working at an event with the Indianapolis Colts mascot blue okay okay and blue the person um underneath the costume okay. was like you know, super pregnant and whatever. And he's like, oh, are you so excited? And I'm like, you know, not really. <laughs> I am kind of just, I hate the newborn stage and I just feel like I just need to say it. And so congratulations. Yeah. You're the first person. Apparently I felt like he was a safe person. Cause like, I've not really talked to him again. You know, but he's like, <laughs> oh, thank God. I hate the newborn stage too. So wait, Blue was a female. About that. No, Blue's a dude. Oh, okay. He's a man. Okay. Yeah. But oh, but he's, but he's been through the newborn stage. Yes. Okay, I, I okay. was thinking Blue is pregnant underneath the costume. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes. Well, we did take a belly picture. We did take a belly picture. But, um, but that was the first person I said that out loud to, and I was like, oh, this is so freeing. Yeah. What if I just kept saying it? What if I just said how I'm actually feeling? Because if I'm feeling it, thousands of women must be feeling it. And so, like, really, that's how the whole Mother of the Year movement started, and the group started building, and all of that was. I need to say the things that nobody's going to say. Like, if I can't find a safe space to say this, I need to create the safe space. And so that's where that started. Yeah. What is Mother of the Year? So Mother of the Year is a, um, is I call it a movement because I really wanted it to be a cultural shift of um, moms who feel celebrated, know how to celebrate themselves, like celebrate the small victories and, and the big ones. But um, it's just a no judgment like thing. There's so much more that connects us than whether or not we breastfeed or bottle feed. And, you know, like we're so divisive and judgy as moms that it, it that just drove me crazy. And I'm like, no, I am bound and determined to create a space that we can just say what it is and be celebrated and encouraged for that. So there's a private Facebook group that's got now more than 4,500 women around the world in it. Um, and then I write every week. There is a podcast that um, that you can binge the whole the whole season on. Right now, we started it last year in 2020, and so um, it's just all meant to to speak truth and encourage and encourage self care and um, really the maintenance of your identity. Like you're more than just your motherhood. Like motherhood is this beautiful layer of you that can feed into so many other pieces of who you are, but it is not your core identity. And so that's really the goal of um, kind of an awakening for moms too, to like, here's a safe space and now let's work on this. You know, can we work on this together? Yeah. You know, I have friends in my life who I really look up to. I always tell them, I'm like, you're my mom role model, but I look at them sometimes and I mean this in the very best way and think they were made to be moms. Yes. And I'm like, 
I don't have that gene, which is funny to say because I have four kids. Right. Which is a pretty high number. Yes. That's a, for me, that's very high number. You're doubling me and I'm already like, I can't even do my two. So <laughs> you are rocking it. Well, it's, yes. it's just like I naturally, when I look at myself and who I am um, and what I'm interested in, I would just never place myself as the person that would have four children. And um, anyway, these other, these moms that I'm really close with that I really look up to. And I say this to them too. I'm like, everything you do, I'm like, you were just, that's what you were born to do. Yes. And I don't feel like that about myself, even though I love my kids more than anything and just am so excited every time they reach a goal or accomplish something or I find, I see them being kind to someone like nothing makes me more proud in my entire life than that than anything I could personally accomplish on my own but I have this like it's not natural for me to be super like motherly yes yes well and I call that and it's and I mean this lovingly because if you're that kind of mom good good be that kind of mom if you're not don't try to be that kind of mom. You're already exhausted. Like how much more exhausting would it be for you to try to be that kind of mother? Them be me, me be them. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's so tiring. Yeah. That's so tiring. And so, yeah, I reject that as well because I'm like, no, I, that's, that's not who I am. And again, I love my kids. Like, it doesn't mean you value them any less. No. I don't know. It's just like, we're like innate. We're just... Yeah, we're just built cre- differently. Yes, we're created differently. We're wired differently. Yeah. And and part of that is just kind of accepting the season that you're in and doing the best you can with what you have. And and for me, and I think for you, um, we're like, I think we both can understand and know. And now we're living out like, I'm at my best when I'm pursuing a dream and a passion outside of my family or whatever. Even mine, you know, that started that has to do with kids. Like, this is my, like, this is mine. There's something that's mine. And that's so special because that is really activating more of who I am. But I think our kids are watching that, you know, and I think, I know the kids are watching their super moms in awe, right? But I think our kids are watching us in awe too. And when it's time for them to start, you know, dreaming about things and they're wondering if they can do it, like, yeah, you can. Oh yeah. My mom does that. Why can't I do something, you know? And so I think, that's my hope is I am, I'm creating a culture within my home where I am just living and I'm going to live the best that I can in every season. And I, my kids are going to catch that for me and they're going to know how to do that. Yeah. And if, and if you are a mom that stays home full time and that is your full passion you're pursuing, they see that too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's satisfaction with where you are or, if you're staying home full time and just don't want to, but can't get out. Like I've got a couple of friends like that too, who like childcare is so expensive. It makes more sense for them to stay home. Yeah, and, totally. and they're like, I can't wait to not stay home anymore. Yeah. But like, and that's okay to be like res- that. Yes. But being resigned to the season going, I'm going to learn when I can in this season and I'm not going to resent, you know, I don't want to come out of a season really bitter at what I had to do. Mm. you know, and, but just accepting it. And the same with the working mom, some women work and they really just want to stay home with their babies. But like, there's a season for all of these things. And if we can just free ourselves and go, this is either I'm living my best or I am plowing through minute by minute. Like there's something for us in each season that we are learning now to take to the next season when we're ready for it. 
Hey friends, a quick break here. Make sure you're checking out our other shows in the Sandy Boy Network. If you're a runner, you might like the podcast. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine. That is a show where I interview professional and everyday runners. And that show is in its fourth year. We are 300 episodes in, so there's a huge archive to check out. We also have the Up and Running podcast with Lauren and Abby. They are bringing you all the latest news in elite and professional distance running. And then we have the Illuminate podcast, which is bringing you stories of people doing really good work in this world. Check them out. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram, Sandy Boy Productions. That is the network Instagram. And then you can also find why is everyone yelling on Instagram? It's just why is everyone yelling? All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Lisa Graff. Earlier, you mentioned your kids have been in full-time daycare since they were five months old. For so long, I sang this tune that like I didn't have mom guilt at all. And I think it's because I was literally trying to... um, this sounds silly, but like I was trying to do it all. Like I was trying to start this podcast, not this one, my other podcast and like run this business, but I still had this badge of like, but I, but I'm a stay at home mom. Like I'm running a business and I'm home with my kids. (laughs) And it was almost like, I don't think I realized it at the time, but I held it as this like badge of honor. Like I'm doing this like hard work, rolling up my sleeves. Like my kids are making messes all day. They're here. I'm recording podcasts when they're napping. And then I, slowly started getting more childcare and realizing, realizing like you actually don't have to do that. Right. You know, like you don't have to be with your kids as much as you are and try to start this business. And I tried to act like I didn't have mom guilt, but I think below the surface there, like everything that it was like, I actually did feel guilty sending my kids off all day. And part of that I think is ingrained in me from growing up like things that my mom said and seeing my mom mostly be a stay-at-home mom. And so, um, you know, now everybody's, you know, as, as long as things aren't closed down because of COVID, everybody's gone all day. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm still like, okay, we're in a, this is great. How was your day? You're home now. But when it's time for bed, I still want them in bed just as desperately as I did <laughs> when I was home with them all day. Yes. Well, yeah. What's going on? I know. Exactly. And I, I feel the exact same way. Like every weekend, I'm like, what are we going to do with all of these hours? Yeah. And I will say that COVID did help with that because I honestly thought I would, I could never do this, but I could do it. I did do it. Yes. I wasn't loving it, but yeah. we figured it out, yeah. right? Like- we we did some yelling if we want to talk about the yelling. <laughs> Why but, is everyone yelling? I don't know, but I'm going to raise my voice too. You know, like that's that's what we did. But we loved each other through it. We figured it out, you know. Um, and so, yes, I have felt that way so many times on the weekends going, what are we going to do with all these hours? And then every day on the way to pick up the kids, I'm like, did I save enough energy for this? Yeah. Did I like, did I ration out my 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 love and my whatever we have to do and is it bath night and oh my gosh did did I plan dinner is Ryan making dinner is what like every like all of it still feels heavy and I'm like what are we gonna do for these two hours or two and a half or three or whatever it is till they get to bed and I still want them to get to bed and in my mind I say 
um, excuse me, because it is, I want me time. So it is a selfishness thing. Like, no, I want me time. Because during the day, I feel like, no, I'm working. Yeah. That's not I'm me not time. I'm not watching The Bachelor. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, if yeah. I spent the day, like, I don't know. Yeah. Watching The Bachelor, catching up, like wine and Netflix, whatever, a little day drinking. Sure. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I get it. But I'm like, no, I'm working all day. That's not me time just because I'm alone. Yeah. Doesn't really qualify as me time. And so I still, one, want to just exercise all my selfishness and go, I need an hour. I seriously, I feel like I'm like the most selfish mom. <laughs> right. You do. You feel so selfish. And part of it is like a, it's a good like conviction type thing. Yeah. Like, yeah I got to work on that. But then the other part is like, I try to jerk myself and go, <laughs> it's for their own good. They need a lot of sleep. Okay. That's why I'm so <laughs> desperate for them to get in bed. Cause I don't want them to be crabby in the morning. And guess why I don't want them to be crabby in the morning. Cause I'm going to have to deal with them. Yeah. It's still selfish, selfish, no matter what. It is. And I'm like, well, Yep, I'm just one of those selfish mothers, but <laughs> guess what? I think we all we all are. I know that's why when like the self care thing gets brought up, I'm like, I don't think I really need help in that department. I think right. I do a pretty good job taking care of myself. Yes. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> yeah. But it is like but you could still go through your whole day alone in your house or, you know, if Glenn's working here or whatever and not have moments of self care. Yeah. But you're you still prepping have to for be, Yeah, you still have to be intentional about it. Yeah. But there is something about having the space to go, nah, I could take in half an hour and go for a run or listen to this podcast or do something that's more filling than you know, data entry or, you know, <laughs> prepping podcasts and all of that stuff. Well, yeah. And you have expectations. I, now that when everybody's gone all day, when they come home, I'm like, how was your day? <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, why aren't you welcoming me with like the happiest things? And like, why can't we, why are people fighting? And like, we're, we're only together for these two or three hours right now. And like, I'm trying to pour it to you, but I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's still crazy. It's just still crazy. Yes. And part of it's like, yes, this is this is a good crazy. We can be this crazy. But then the other part of it is like, this is so exhausting. Aren't You should be so tired from learning all the things that you learn all day. Why aren't you more tired? Just to be like, I just really love to cuddle on the couch and read some books, mom. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. But instead, it's like running around. And then finally, we're like, watch this show and be quiet. It's totally true. <laughs> I know. I, I tell Glenn, my husband, all the time, I'm like, I just have this vision of like laying on the bed together and everybody listening and reading a book. <laughs> and it's just like, surely, I know that happens for some people. Surely it does. But yep. people are jumping <laughs> off the bed and jumping on top of each other. And like, I'm like, this is not the peaceful bedtime process that I have envisioned for myself. Oh, no. Bedtime literally could be the death of me. It's I, so hard. Abs- like, I'm like, can I... Like, how selfish is this? I'm going to be gone all day. I'm going to pay for your childcare. And then I want to pay someone else to, to come in and just put bed. you to bed. Because I just can't with the shenanigans. I know. It is. Oh, my gosh. And Cal, who's three now, he just got a big boy bed. And now he's like, he's learning the shenanigans. Yeah. And I'm like, you. But then his face is so cute and sweet. And I just I want to just, oh, just want to squish him. And I'm, but I'm like, go to bed. I know. So, yes, bedtime. It's. I don't know that bedtime's easy for anybody. So, I know. I think there's some people out there. Speak up. Yes. If it's you, speak well, up. You know what? I take that back. I do have one of my good friends. She has a son who is oh, six, seven, I don't know, grade school, has always gone to bed at six o'clock in the evening. And does he still go to bed at six? Yes. And what about in the summer six? when like his friends are outside does playing? Does not matter. Nope. She's six o'clock. He needs, like, he chooses it. He needs it. He's like, oh, I can tell it's getting to bedtime. Boom. And he's in bed at six. 
every wow. night and sleeps for 12 hours. And I'm like, dang it. I'd move that to seven so that he gets up at seven and not six. Same. So. Yeah. I think they've probably tried and maybe the time change. Who knows? But yes, there are those miraculous, wonderful events. I would love to hear about more of those. Give me some unrealistic expectations for my family. <laughs> probably that's all it would do. I know. And the morning thing is hard because, um, I always want, I'm like, I need an hour to read and drink my coffee before anybody starts asking me for things. And the mm-hmm. second I start pouring my coffee, I hear someone just bl- barrel down the hallway. It's like they know. They know. It doesn't even matter because I started setting my alarm because I need the same thing. I'm I don't not, even need an hour, but I'm like, I need a half hour. I need the coffee. I need to be in the dark and I need to be cozy. I want like two hours. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I want don't all the hours. But I did. I started like setting my alarm. It was six. Because they used to sleep till seven. Now they're getting up a little earlier. So then it was like, okay, come like five, a five thirty alarm just so I can have a little time. And they still hear me somehow or some sixth sense that they have are like, ah, I'm going to go bug mom on the couch. See, my problem is somebody's usually in my bed by 6 a.m. And then someone's probably downstairs already up watching TV. And so I'm like, I have nowhere to go. Yes. I, I have literally will just sit in my closet sometimes. I was going to say, you I'll need light a, a candle. Closet. Yep. I'll light a candle, get a blanket, and Glenn, <laughs> Glenn will walk in. And he's like, he'll be out for a run. He'll come back, and he's like, "You're really ridiculous in there with your candle, by the way." Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> you could also get in the bathtub. And you're like, oh, no, nope, I'm mistaken. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope." I'm like, right now, I'm actually redecorating his office. This is where Glenn spends all of his time now that he works from home, literally, so that I can have my like hour just my this is room is totally getting redecorated for my one hour in the morning (laughs) that's it and he's getting all the benefits because he spends 40 plus hours a week in there sure but it's for my hour that's good as long as you know that i know and he knows it like he's like why is this all pink (laughs) yeah just let this happen (laughs) um but the other the last thing i think that i want we wanted to talk about was like the um like not losing your identity we kind of covered it a little bit in motherhood but I think about this all the time because time just feels like it is slipping away so fast. And I think I probably mourn that more than most people do. I could be wrong. Like I'm one of those people that when an older mom is like, they're going to be off to college before you know it. I get angry because I'm like, I know that. Don't tell me that. Right, like, leave I, me alone. <laughs> I know that's going to happen. Yes, I'm sad about that. I know this is hard now, but it's only temporary. Yes, I know that in... 10 years, my oldest is going to be 18 freaking years old. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Right. Um, But the big thing there is that like they are going to be gone. And even as they get older and they're like not wanting to snuggle on the couch ever, like, you know, I'm already mourning my kids not wanting to me to give them a kiss, you know, things right. like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something I very much proactively want to make sure I'm doing is not losing all of my interests and all the things I want to do to motherhood because like they are going to be gone and I'm going to have like the second half of my life to live. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's for me, it's like just keeping yourself on the list because our to-do lists as busy mothers, like they run our lives. Like we have, whether we write them down or not, Like our space, every moment, someone needs us. Like we're just in the weeds. And if we can't figure out a way to put ourselves on the list um, and even asking the question, like I've asked myself and I've asked a few friends lately, like, what do you do for fun? Mm. 
if you can't answer that question, holy smokes, like we've got a problem. We've got a problem here. Yeah. You know, and that like, it really kind of boils my blood because I'm like, no, you're allowed to have fun, you know, and not just like fun with your kids. Like what brings an actual smile to your face? Oh, when my kid holds my hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Great. Yeah. Something else, something else outside of your kids, outside of anybody else. Is there one thing that you could figure out to put on the list for you? And I think it's just creating that space of if it's a half an hour and you don't really know what to do, at least carve out the half an hour and go, well, when I was in fourth grade, I really used to watercolor. Like, I love that. Great. Pull out some watercolors, use your children's and see what that does for you. You know, that could spark something in you to at least create a little, a little space where you can filter your thoughts. And I know we both run. Yeah. Different paces. Oh, different places. She's a professional over here. No. Super duper amateur hour. But I love like if that's what I like, if I could do it every day, I would, you know, because it creates the space that I think it's fun. Well, and it's so good for your kids to see you doing it. Like, right. I, I like the idea of when my kids get older, them remembering, oh, that's what my mom did. She was a runner. That's what my mom yeah. did. She hosted a podcast. Right. Well, and that, and, and when we go out on dates, you know, which is, you know, few and far between, but it's like, you know, my kids are like, oh, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's so important for me and daddy to have special time together. Like, just like it's important for me and you, it's important for me and daddy to have this really special time together. So you get to have fun with the babysitter and we're going to go have fun Who's with each way other. way more fun than me. Totally. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but it's just all of it. It's just putting that all on the list because that's how you really start to figure out, you know, if you've started to lose yourself or feel totally lost, like that's a good first step is just to see if you can list five things that you could do for fun. Well, and I also think, um, I don't know why this got this. I started thinking about this as you were talking about like finding the time, because I think people might say like, what time, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of moms and, and I noticed this with a lot of my friends too, are you just have to ask for help sometimes. Oh yeah. And I know that not everybody has help at yes. their disposal. Like, you know, not everybody has a grandma that lives down the street or whatever, but like if, if you feel uncomfortable asking your husband or your partner, whoever it is to like step up and do a little bit of more of the heavy lifting. I know for me, like if I'm just like to my husband, if I'm like, Hey, I know you don't pay attention to this kind of thing and it doesn't bother you, but can you like clean that toilet? Mm-hmm. He will. Right. You just have to speak your needs. I just have to ask and I don't, and ask and not like a condescending, like, would you just clean that toilet? Just, just cause sometimes he just doesn't realize that it would be super helpful Yeah, if he would do that. Or like, there's little things like, I feel like we were just talking about this the other day. I feel like I'm the only person that's like picks up toys to take upstairs. Like, yeah. like as I'm going, I will never just walk up the stairs mm-hmm. with empty hands. Yeah. I will always think what needs to be moved from this place to this place. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, can you just pay attention to that? Right. You, it, and it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to learn, but it's like, but that's so important to speak your need. But the other part of it is, I think some of us are so busy. We don't know what to ask for. Yeah. So we don't ask for help. And so, um, it's really is you gotta do the work and figure that out. You have to figure that out. And then the other thing I would say about time is I, I'm writing a talk right now um, about like stopping the, stop the scroll is what it's called. You have to teach me how to write talks, by the way. Oh gosh. Yes, I will. I, um, but it's about, you know, social media and all of this stuff. And I looked at my screen time 
report. Okay? I know. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't have time. What if you cut that by a quarter? Like I would have. Oh. I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. You'd read. I, I know I would read a lot more. Yes. I would. I would do so many more things or maybe sit there and do nothing at all. Like even an hour of going, oh, I wish I knew what to do is still great because mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. Um, so if you're like, I don't know, I don't have any time. Well, why don't you check your Netflix? Do a little audit. audit. Do a time audit. Yes. There are exceptions to everything, but most yes. of us. Yes, you can find a pocket. Like, yeah. what do you do on your lunch break? What do you listen to or watch when you're, you know, folding laundry or whatever? Like, what are you doing in the car? Like, you don't always have to have input. That's what I always say about um, exercise, too. When people say they don't have time, I'm like, you don't think you have 20 minutes? Right. To, like, briskly walk? Right. Probably. Yes. Could carve it out. You could find it. Most people could yeah. carve that out. Right. You just don't want it. Yeah, and um, it's just so easy to be the martyr or play the victim yes, yes. and stay comfortable. Which I've been, I do that sometimes. Oh, we all do that. Yeah, it's so natural, but it's like. Glenn's probably upstairs rolling his eyes because he's like, you are the queen of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it is. It's like, but we don't want to, we don't really want to be that. No, it doesn't feel good. No. It's like when it, I say to my kids when they're fighting all the time, like that doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good to always be like, woe is me. Right. No, it doesn't. Yeah, but like it's just a proactive. We just need to be more conscious of it. Just a little bit more awareness, I think, is the first step that could go a long way in going, oh, okay, I'm going to take audit of my time. Well, that's going to help. And that's going to help you take audit of what you like to do for fun. And that's going to help you feel like, oh, what is a skill or a, a characteristic of myself that's unique and exciting that I haven't brought to the world in a really long time or I've never brought to the world? Like, what if you just tapped into that a little bit? Like, so much freedom, so much more joy. Yeah. Asking for help will give you that. And I think that I also think that people are like em- a- embarrassed to ask for help oh, and yeah. like, you know, swallow your pride. I remember when I had my fourth and um, I always just like wanted to I wanted my neighbor to assume that I needed help getting my bigger kids across the street. Like I could go get them, but it would be so helpful if like someone would just simply walk them across the street. Yeah who was already going to be walking across the street. Totally. Like in my head, I just, I just wanted to assume that they would assume, but all I had to do was ask. And right. I had multiple people like I had be like, Hey, can you, can you walk him across today? Can you walk him across today? And it just made my life easier, but I could have been the martyr and been like, I don't have any help. I have to do it all. Right. But like, if I just ask, most people would be like, sure, of course I'll walk your kid across the street. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's, yeah, we just have to give people the chance to show up for us and like really start loving us well. You know, when we don't speak our needs, we're really robbing them of the opportunity to to be our hero sometimes. You know, everybody wants to be somebody else's hero. Yeah. Like if somebody, you know, and in, in now even if some, if some mom, because now my two little ones are at daycare and I'm just picking up my big two from school. Nobody's at home while I'm picking them up. If some mom was like, oh my gosh, I am really struggling getting so-and-so picked up from school because the little kids are napping or whatever. Do you think you could walk them home? I'd be like, yes. Yes, of course. Please. Yes. But if she didn't ask, I maybe wouldn't think to do it. Right. You'd never know because we can't read minds. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier if we could, but. So we're encouraging you all to just ask. Yeah. Just ask. Um. All right, Lisa. Well, this has been fun. Oh, before we wrap up though tell us what your new adventure is yeah i knew my new adventure is 
Lisa Graft. Which Lisa Graft. LisaGraft.com. Right. That's right. LisaGraft.com. Is that the I'm, website? Yes. And I'm Lisa Graft on all the socials. And um, and it is in part because like I'm more than just my motherhood. And the yeah, things yeah, yeah. that I want to say apply to all women. And especially women who are like me in the weeds um, and just trying to figure out like, is this it? Like, is this, is this it? Like, the older I get, the more I feel like that. I'm like, I got to be, I got to do something meaningful. Right. Exactly. Which you already are. Oh, thanks. Right. You are. But like, if it doesn't feel like that, then let's fix that. Right. Like we have one life. And so that's the part of this community that I'm building. And I've got a lot of cool things coming down the pike for that. Just to, um, just to rally women and in community where we can work on stuff like this and be proactive. And, um, especially like 2020 felt like such a defensive year. Mm -hmm. Like we were just swatting at everything that came our way. Everybody was swatting. Yeah. And we had no idea. And I don't like that. Like that does not feel good. And there are seasons for that, of course, but I'm like, let's, let's take the offense. Like no matter what 2021 or 22, whatever brings, like I want to be ready because I'm ready, like internally, like I'm going to get my stuff together and I'm going to rally my girls and whatever's coming, we're going to be ready for you. So, so are you going to be doing like speaking engagements? Are you going to have like a membership group? What does it look like? Yeah. So I am going to be announcing well, I'm announcing it here. Here we are. A membership group. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep the name a secret okay. um, for now, but I think um, within the next week or so. Are you locked in on the name, though? I'm locked in on the name. Okay. The logo is being created. It's so exciting. It's um, scary, though, too, right? To, like, invest, like, money and time oh. and energy into something that you're like, I'm putting it all out here. Like, right. Here's my baby. Do you think it's cute? Yeah. I like this. And and pay for it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, that's how I feel about this podcast, even though, you know, it's like, I'm, I don't know if anybody's going to like this, right? but I'm, I'm just going to do it because I feel like that's what I should do. Absolutely. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, the membership group, I'm doing a lot of speaking events, um, transitioning out of the mother of the year podcast into a different podcast, but not named yet. You're not, you're not sharing the name, not sharing the okay. name yet either. Yes. Which is funny. Cause I'm like, I blab my baby names all over the place, but if there's a logo <laughs> oh, attached, Oh yeah. But if there's a logo attached to it, I'm like, no, I have to save that for something. Uh-huh. So yeah. are you one of those people that cares about names? Like if you had a close friend that named their kid, the same thing as you and your baby was already born. Would you be like, you stole my baby name? No, I don't okay. think so. You don't care about something no, like that? No, nah. no. But but maybe this name. But these <laughs> names, yes. Don't steal my membership group name or my podcast name. What will you get as part of the membership? Um, we're going to do so many fun things um, in just building community and getting to know each other. We're going to do like a monthly like coffee and camo. So we're going to wear camo and, yeah. and drink coffee on Zoom or whatever. Or if we can meet together, just depends on where everybody's at in the world. Right. You know? And like COVID virtually. Yeah, but just yeah. like just face to face. And then I've got um, a series of four different courses that I've written. Oh, cool. That I'll take women through to really discover like what's holding me back? Who am I? Like what do I need to start showing up as, you know, in the world? It's all about authenticity and vulnerability. And I think the more you get to know your own story, the easier it is to invite other people into that story and really start shaping the world around you. And so that's what we're going to be working on through this membership group. I love it. So fun. So fun. So if people search lisagraff.com, yep. is it live? It's live. Okay. Yep. And you can join my email list on there. 
Um, and then it's all about email list building. That's the name of the game in the world today. If you liked this at all, please get on my email (laughs) list, lisagraph.com. All the entrepreneurs will tell you that. Yes, right. And and if you're not on Lindsay's email list, get on her email email list list. too. Like we're not spammers. We love you. We're people. Okay. You'll get the show notes to your inbox. Right. You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I know. I have, I kind of stopped listening to like entrepreneur podcasts and things like that because I was like you're hitting me with so many things I need to do and I'm supposed to be doing I can't take it anymore yes right exactly but the email list building was one thing that I know is important one thing yep yep (laughs) if you're gonna do one thing um okay what what's a book you've recently read that you recommend to the group I I'm embarrassed to say that I am not really a reader. You're not. No. That's I, not what you'll do with your free time if you stop scrolling. No. What will you do? Not. I will probably whip out some art supplies. Mm, okay. You know, I you, I used to be crafty back in the day. So I don't I don't even know what that would look like, but there's something about just the coloring of the pencil even is is peaceful. But um but I the last book I did really read and love was um it's a parenting book so it's oh. it's Danny Silk and I think I posted this oh, in you your posted podcast it in group. The group join the group if you haven't joined it friends yes and it's Danny Silk it's loving your kids on purpose okay and so it's just a very intentional like it's no screaming it's no yelling it's it's really inviting your kids into responsibility like you're raising adults mm-hmm. and that was like such a good reminder I gotta read like, that oh, I'm not raising children. I'm raising them to be responsible adults. And so it's just, it's kind of like Jedi mind tricks for your kids to, to there's a consequence for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell about it. If you make a choice, there's going to be a consequence, you know? And if, if you don't clean the playroom, oh my gosh, that's totally fine. I'll clean it. Oh gosh, but it's going to cost you this fire truck that you really love. Yeah. So you're either going to pay me with that and I'll clean it. No problem. Or you can clean it and keep your fire truck. You know how fast they clean the playroom? And that makes it feel a lot less pressure because what I struggle with is when I tell my kid to do something or, you know, usually you don't tell them, you ask them at first. Sure. Um, And then you start telling because they didn't listen to the ask and then they still don't listen. I think they're disrespecting me. They're walking all over me because they're not listening to what I'm telling them to do. And I'm the authority figure. And so I like that because that takes the pressure off of like feeling like, if they don't listen, I'm being walked all over. No, I'm going to provide you with a consequence if you don't do it. Right. Exactly. Not like, if you don't do this. Right. Which, you know, are you going to follow through on the yelling? Part? Right. Like, who knows? That's, and that's the whole other thing. But yes, you will love the book. And it's an easy read. And I just, it's so practical. And I'm like, but empowering. Like, oh, yeah, that, no, I can do that. I can make small plans like this. So I'm not like, oh. <gasps> oh my gosh, you just dumped all the flour out. What should we do? I'm like, oh, well, you clean it or you don't clean it. You have a consequence, you know, either way. And it's a practice too. I mean, I think, because I think I get intimidated by that because I'm like, one of the things I've learned a lot from Wendy Snyder, who was one of our recent guests on this podcast is like the intentional consequence. So like making that up on the fly is really hard. Oh yeah. So you kind of have to know how you do that going into it, which takes a lot of practice yeah because it is the whole like I always tell my husband I'm like I don't want to do the like if you don't do this or if you don't listen right now you can't play with your friends because guess what I want them to go play with their friends right exactly I want them out of the house for me so I need to think of a consequence that matters right but isn't something I'm not I'm not gonna follow through with right yes 
Absolutely. Like the Christmas present thing. Stop. Stop come making on. that a consequence. Come on. Don't no. do that. Oh, Santa's not going to come. You're not, oh, really? not giving your kids their Christmas presents. Exactly. But it's so easy. I mean, I've done it before. It so easily falls out of your mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And we could probably go on for a long time about the things we've accidentally said <laughs> yeah, to our children. That's another podcast at another time, probably. Um, the other question I always ask people is best kids. One of the favorite kids books that your kid that you read your kids that you recommend. And as I say this, I have been feeling guilty recently because we aren't reading as much as I think we should. Sure. And I feel like we're reading the same books over and over again. And I'm like, I really need to jazz this up a little bit for like their own well-being and learning more but yeah the kids love that like my kids will watch toy story four times in a row and then they'll want to switch to something else yeah like we just that's just how i don't know if that's everyone's kids oh yeah we for sure mine i just watched honey i shrunk the kids like three times yeah i think so i think that that's so good and i love that too because um especially with calvin right now he's on that kick and so we read chicka chicka boom boom yeah every night which is so fun and he has it memorized and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with him memorizing an alphabet Letters. book. Yeah. Right? Like, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. But I also love, um, I love, I forget the author, but it's, she does Wherever You Go, My Love Will Find You. Okay. Um, it's that book. And there's a few others that she's done. And it's so beautiful. But it's basically just a love letter to your kids about, like, wherever you're at. I'm my love is there. If I'm there or not, if you're grown, if you feel like you've been bad, whatever is happening, like my love is there for you. And it just is so sweet. Mm, I, I know that. And Calvin loves it too. And I'm like, okay, little sweet boy. <laughs> Our favorite book. I don't know if I've said this on the show because I'm always asking guests, but I feel like I've talked a lot more in this episode than I do on most episodes. Share away. Yeah. Uh, is Dear Boy. Oh. Do you have that book? No. Well, there's a Dear Boy and a Dear Girl. Oh, okay. And our our four-year-old so our number three he has it memorized from front to back and it is the cutest thing ever to hear Mm -hmm. him read it yes oh Oh. yes um okay lisa what's a goal or like an adventure or something you want to accomplish as a family that you haven't done yet or this could be tomorrow five years ten years something that you're like i want to do this with my family oh with our family we've got lots of plans to camp like this year we want to do a lot of is camping. this the year have you done it before we've never done it as a family yeah. Ryan and I camp every year but then with COVID last year you couldn't get a campsite anywhere yeah. um and so this year we're trying to book out some and so we can because we've got a little speedboat so we can boat oh, and do. camp yeah and so that that I think will be such good like quality family time so we're gonna let me know when you figure it out maybe yeah. the Heinz will <gasps> we're really loud though Oh, please. <laughs> you have not heard the lungs on my children. But you're in a good spot because if, if your youngest is four, yeah, that that's so great because you're not like dealing with crib stuff. We, I know I keep saying that. I'm like, if we stopped at Russell, we, I think we'd be there. Yes. But yes. the two-year-old is tricky with camping still. Oh, yeah, totally. Some people I know, you can you swing it. it. You're cooler yep. than me. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not. Nope. It's hard. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, especially summer camping. It's like sweaty enough. So, like, I don't want just, and you're gonna I be don't on want top you on of me all night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, though, you guys. He, our two-year-old would be on top of my husband. I have no shame that he is his favorite. And oh. at nighttime, when there are issues, he goes to dad. So, Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. How did you work that out? I don't know. He's just, he is obsessed with dad. Oh, so good. And I have my, 
Glenn is really good at that kind of stuff, like getting up with the kids at night. So I'm super lucky. Yes, for sure. sure. Um, Okay, Lisa, what is your last message you want to leave with our listeners? Oh, okay. I think the identity thing is Mm -hmm. the biggest thing I want to, to just leave as an encouragement. Like you are so wonderful, right? Like you probably tell yourself a lot of things in your head. Like you're the meanest person to yourself. No one would speak to you like you speak Mm -hmm. to yourself. Um, and you would never speak to somebody else like that. And so, um, I think the biggest part of figuring out like, how am I going to save my identity is just starting to tell yourself really nice things. Um, and you can start with the easy ones. Like I'm good at cooking. I'm good at whatever. And it's all of this affirmation, the affirmation you give your kids so easily, Mm. give that to yourself. Like it sounds silly, but like give it to yourself. It could really change the way that you start thinking about yourself and then the way you start showing up and fighting for yourself. Yeah. Because then you start believing what you're telling yourself and you're believing you're the person you want to be that you and you probably are yeah <laughs> you probably already are exactly who you need to be you know for at least for right now so start telling yourself that and then start believing it thanks lisa yeah all right everybody thanks for being here today thank you lisa for coming on the show you all can find lisa on instagram she is lisa graft over there and make sure you check out her website lisagraft.com You can find our podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of this podcast. We have a wonderful Facebook group called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Check us out there and find us on social media. And don't forget to leave that rating and review. That would be greatly appreciated. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling? Thanks for being here.